Hey Church, Pastor Eric here, and I'm just so glad that you're joining us on our podcast today. I just pray that this message will stir up your faith, build you up, and just move you closer to the Father's heart. If you want to learn more about us as a church or would like to get further connected, you can visit us at our website at oasischurchchicago.com, download our app, Oasis Church Chicago, and also join us on YouTube for our live streams on Sundays and Wednesdays. We hope you find this message to be encouraging and life-giving. Now here's today's message from Pastor JP. Amen. You guys, you guys awake this morning? <laughs> it's really awkward asking a room if they're awake and no one responds. Royally set apart. The reason why we want to talk about this is today I'm going to make a statement at the forefront of this time, and this isn't to condemn or to, to hurt any of us. This is a thing that I think we're all going to be able to be transformed by. What I'm about to say is we as believers today have an identity crisis. We have an identity crisis. The crisis being that we do not understand that we have been adopted first, and by being adopted, we have now been set apart. And so what's happening in the world, we just went through culture influencers talking about how we're called to influence the world around us and to, to be the hands and feet of Jesus. But, but it was kind of funny as I was praying this morning even, as we have that meat of being culture influencers, I want to give us the how do we continue to do it. And that is by being royally set apart by God and by Jesus Christ in the blood. So today I am talking to our church. And if this is your first time, and I don't know who raised their hand, but, but I'm talking to believers today. We have a, a crisis on our hands that, that I want to say today that there's a solution to the crisis. Amen? Amen? Some of you are like, I really don't like that you told me I have an identity issue. It's all right. We're all in the boat together. We're all in this thing together. Right? And I think that the Holy Spirit over the next couple weeks is going to show us that we have been called to be royally. That's a Christian term that we can use and we can say that's who we are. Set apart. Set apart means to make something or someone different and special to awaken us. Do you know that Jesus died on a cross for you, not just for you to get to heaven, but for you to bring heaven to earth? Not for you just to have a really good life, but to set you apart so that the, the, the kingdom of heaven can flow through you, right? There, there's an awakening that happens when we receive Jesus Christ. It isn't just for us to, to hold on and make it to heaven. It's for us to live now, even in 2020. I just said to somebody, there's only a couple weeks left in 2020. Can we believe that? And everybody says amen. <laughs> Let's just get to the next year, dear God. <laughs> but we are called to live now and live royally set apart by the kingdom of God to, to make something different, to make something special, to awaken something. That is who we are. That is who we are called to be as believers of Jesus Christ. So 1 Peter 3, verse, uh, verses 3 through 9, I'm going to be reading today. And I want you to be encouraged. Holy Spirit, open up hearts right now. I pray that this word would fall on hearts. Good soil. Father, I pray for every distraction to be silenced. Every fatigued spirit to be strengthened. Father, I pray that your kingdom come right now. That we understand greater who we are in you. Not in this world. Not by anything that anybody tells us. But by you and you alone. Thank you, Jesus. And everybody says, First Peter 1, 3 through 9, this title to this piece of scripture says, born again to a living hope. Come on, everyone should say amen to that, even with your masks on. Born again to a living hope. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to his great mercy, not by anything you have done or will be able to do. 
It is by his great mercy he has caused us to be born again to a living hope. Come on, nine o'clock, wake up. This is good. The Bible, you don't even need me to preach. We should be saying more amens to scripture than to me, period. Do you guys understand this? It says, his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Jesus came up from the dead and we should all be very, very thankful for it. To an inheritance, come on, everybody thankful for the inheritance? (laughs) That is imperishable undefiled and unfading, kept in heaven for y'all. Thank you, Jesus, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice. Is there rejoicing today among your spirit? Did you wake up with rejoice in your heart? No matter what's going on, no matter what's happening, no matter what you're facing, did you wake up with rejoicing? Did you wake up with praise and thanksgiving or did you wake up tired and fatigued because you shouldn't have stayed up that late? And you registered for the nine, but the the 11 o'clock's full, overflowed full, and you have to come to the nine. And you're like, I wish I could have come to the 11. I would have been rejoicing at the 11 and not the nine. I'm just kidding, you guys are awesome. In this you rejoice though now for a little while, for, for just a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials. I love that he says, if necessary. So that the tested genuineness of your faith You know our faith needs to be tested? You guys understand that? I think sometimes uh, I think about the church and how we've created this kind of concept that when you come to Jesus, your life is rainbow and butterflies. It's really, really good. But if you are not facing fire, if you're not facing trials, and I'm not talking about trials that you put yourself in. I'm going through a trial, Pastor. No, you just are sinning. (laughs) I love you. I'm really going through it. No, but we're going to pray regardless because we're going to get you out of that one way or the other in Jesus' name. I'm going to get to this message. I promise. I got 15 minutes. More precious than gold that perishes through, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Get that again. He's saying results in praise and glory and honor. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And though you do not see him, you believe in him. And rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Over the next couple of weeks, I want you to go home and I want you to focus on 1 Peter. I want you to read specifically these verses over this week until we get to the Sunday next. If you want to be an awesome lover of the word, then keep reading it. But I want you to focus on these words. I want you to get this in your spirit. I don't want me to be the only person that's reading these words to you this week. You with me? And everybody says, like I said, I'm talking to our house today. We need to grow in the word of God. We need to know our Bibles. We need to know what scripture says. We need to know who Jesus is through scripture, not through a social media post. Not through some really good sermon that sounds really, really good and has a bunch of really good cliche sayings, but it, we don't need any of that. We need the word of God through his word. Are you with me? Royally set apart today, I want to talk about being kingdom, having a kingdom consciousness. Being conscious of the kingdom of God and how it works. More than ever before today as a parent, I am conscious and aware of what's happening around Titus. I am in what some would claim, and I don't like this term, but I am this term. I'm admitting it. I'm having a counseling moment right now. I am a helicopter father. Everyone's like, oh. 
I, when Titus is at the playground, Rachel is awesome. She lets him run. She lets him go up the stairs. She lets him go down the slide. She is awesome and amazing. And I'm like, Titus, watch the steps. Titus, watch the slide. Titus, put those grass clip or wood chips down. Titus, 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 Titus. The kid's going to be like, at one point, he's going to be like, Dad, stop. I'm aware of everything that's happening. I'm aware of the people around. I'm aware of the things that are happening. I'm aware of when we cross the street. There's an awareness to me of what's going on around me, right? There's this awareness of what could harm him, what could help him, what could be really good. There's many places in your life that you are aware of things that are happening around you, right? Would you say? We are all aware of what's happening in 2020. We, any single one, if you are not aware of what's happening in 2020, I wanna come into your life. That would be awesome. <laughs> But we are all very conscious and aware of what is going on, right? We can tell every story. We, can t we have news at our fingertips. We have information as fast as possible. We have all these things that are aware to us. My question today is, are we being people that are kingdom aware and kingdom conscious? Are we actually aware of the things that Jesus is doing among us right now? Some of you hear that and you go, but I don't see Jesus doing anything. Can I remind you today, church, Jesus is still moving. He is not done working. He is not done moving. If we actually just removed our eyes from the things of this world and put our eyes on Jesus Christ, how much more aware would we be of the kingdom that is at hand right now? I'm preaching this morning because we need to wake up, church. We need to be awoke to the, to the things, not for the sake of just being woke. We are a woke generation, but as believers of Jesus Christ, we are dead asleep. I love you all. But I'm here to say, like, man, we, we are so aware of all these things that are at the end of the day. Yes, very important, a lot of them. I, you guys know my heart in this. But if we are just focusing on the, the issues of the world and not focusing on the kingdom of heaven, we're missing the picture. You with me, church? Peter's writing to a bunch of believers, a church that is being established in Rome, and they are on the brink of persecution. The emperor is on the brink of starting to kill Christians. Come on, how many of you know that doesn't build churches? <laughs> Come to church, you're, you're going to be persecuted. No, I'm good. <laughs> if I'm, if I'm with, there at that time with Peter, I'm like, Peter, you're good, man. I'm, I'm going to stay over here. And Peter writes to believers that experienced and tasted the goodness of Jesus. And he's writing to them these words, and he's saying to them, hey, 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 well, you need to be remembering of who Jesus is, what he's done in your life, what he did on this earth, what he's doing, what he has given you, because persecution's coming. Trials are happening. These, these believers at this time were being, were being attacked by their neighbors, by their loved ones, by the empire. They were being like, like berated for who they were following. It was the Jesus way, and so they're like, oh, those are Christ followers. Those are the crazy people. Let's go after them. You, you with me, church? I'm giving you some church history here, First Peter. And so Peter's writing a letter to them saying, don't lose hope. Don't let go of Jesus. No matter what's happening, Peter's saying, don't, don't, don't fall asleep to the traps of giving up. Can, can I tell you something? I think more and more believers today are falling trapped to the, to the voice of saying, give up. I, I think there may be some in this room today that are listening to that voice of saying, is it all real? Does, does Jesus still move? Is he still working? Is his salvation still happening? And there's some of you that are wrestling, and I, and I want you to know something. I want you to wrestle, but not alone. And not with people that will tell you what you want to hear. And Peter's writing this book to the church, and he's saying, guys, 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 you have been given an inheritance. You have been paid for by blood. You've been royally set apart. 
You're not who you used to be. You're not what, what you used to do. You are now brand new. Church, come on. We are no longer who we used to be. And so Peter's penning these words, and they're, they're beautiful words. And he, he says to him, hey, as the family of God, we got to endure. You ever hear that word, endure, and you just got to be like, I got to get through it. You ever have to endure a run? Pastor Dave made a joke last week. Like, I'm like, why am I running? Mile four, mile five. I'm like, why am I doing this? That's a different type of endure that Peter's talking about. He's talking about endure with joy. Endure, endure with praise. Endure with thanksgiving. Endure with serving. You with me, church? He's saying like, yo, this is the time now that the whole family of God, the people of Israel throughout the whole generation upon generation, they went through these moments. They were, they were exiles in lands. They were, they were persecuted. They were, they were, they were mishandled. They, all these, and, and Peter's writing to, to a mostly Jewish saying, hey, don't give up. Be aware of the kingdom that is at hand. The kingdom, guys, you want to know what the kingdom is? It makes dead people come to life. It gives sight to the blind. It restores brokenness. You guys with me? The kingdom, it's not good vibes and feels and hopes that sees a marriage that, that had an affair happen in the middle of it that actually just becomes radically repaired. It's not good vibes and hoping. It's the kingdom of God that does that. It's the kingdom of God that, 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 that transferred you from darkness into light, took that dead, nasty heart of mine and said, it is forgiven, it is clean, it is set free, it is no longer who he used to be. Come on, church, wake up. This is the goodness of our God. We have to be conscious of what's happening, and Peter's drawing this attention. And so I just have three points that I want to leave us with today. But I want you to read this scripture. I want you to get this word in you because we are giving ourselves to so many things today, guys. Like so many things we're giving our attention to. And I'm not just talking social media, I'm not just talking media, I'm talking books we're reading, I'm talking conversations we're listening to. And we're giving up our inheritance. Okay, I know that's hard. But I want to spur your faith to say, I have a royal inheritance that I am going to fight in hope with until Jesus comes or Jesus calls me home. So the way that we remain kingdom conscious of what's going on around us, kingdom conscious people are first and foremost aware of their position. Okay, that sounds like hierarchy talk, right? where there's like these levels, right? In the kingdom of God, there are no levels. You with me? That, that's a really good place to, to just say amen. There's no levels. See, why, why the church body is so important, why the, the local church is so necessary, because in the local church, there's no racism. Wait, 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 hold on. You're like, pastor, wait a second. Have we seen it in the church? Yes. Have we seen hierarchy in the church? Yes. But in a true body that is being anointed and the Holy Spirit's flowing through, there's no hierarchy in the church. Come on, guys, wake up. This is good. We need to understand that the position within the, the with, by, by, by being covered by the blood of Jesus Christ is, is that we are sons and daughters and we are all equal at the feet of Jesus. There's no, there's no better than, there's no status, there's no I can do more work to get my position. No, no, there's none of that. In, in kingdom conscious people, we, and when we understand how the kingdom works, we are aware of the position. Verse three says, blessed be, God, the, be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again. What is our position? Born again. That's an image, right? Man, seeing Titus come into the world, that was, whoo! I made it through, though, guys. Praise the Lord. 
There was, there was some touch and go moments there for, for a minute. But, but <laughs> sorry. When we come to Jesus, we are rebirthed. We get a brand new birthday. Come on, I just celebrated my wife's birthday yesterday. Come on, can we bless my wife for 28? Oh no, you, you guys need to do better than that. She runs this place. Can we give my wife some honor for what she does for her life? We love you. I know you hate this, but you need it. She celebrated a birthday. But our position as believers is, is we have a new birthday. The day that our souls came alive to Jesus because of his great mercy. And we have a position now that is, is, is safe in heaven, is with the Father. We don't have to wonder what our position is. We don't have to doubt our position. We have to start walking in our position confidently. You ever been in a room with people that you had no place belonging in that room? There's been a couple times where in my life I've been invited to a place and I walk in, I'm like, I'm in the wrong place. I wore the wrong clothes. <laughs> These people are all in suits and ties and I'm here in a t-shirt like, bless you guys. They're like, what do you do? I'm like, I'm the help. <laughs> I'm just here. But there was one time I was invited into a room of, of, of some, some, some men that you watch on, on Sunday afternoon. Um, and I was invited into this room where they were all there. And what I, what I felt in that moment was I'm in the wrong place. Like I did not belong. This kid from the south suburbs of Chicago should not be in this room with all these people, right? But what was interesting about these individuals in the room that they, they understood their position. They didn't carry it with some, that, but at least the ones I interacted with, they didn't carry it with arrogance, they didn't carry it with pride. They just knew that they were people of influence, people of being a, a professional athlete, you with me? They understood what their position was. They walked in it, they walked in confidence in it. They walked knowing, hey, this is what they've been given to do. They understood the platform that they had. You guys with me? And I'm sitting in the room going, I have no place being here. I should not be here. And I started to even doubt what I was called to do. And I started to doubt all these things to do. But, but what I got from that moment was, was is that these men understood it. They owned it. They walked in it. And I think about believers with being the positions of sons and daughters, how we are not owning it, how we are not walking in it, how we are not resting in the confidence and the assurance of that. Do you know why there's a lot of unrest in the church and in the hearts of, of, of believers? It's because we're not resting in the confidence of being a son and daughter. And I know this is language we've probably heard. If you've grown up in the church, you've heard this maybe all your life. Just be a son and daughter. Well, I, 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 I don't know. Sons and daughters know their father's voice. They get with their father. They talk with him. They rest in him. They lean into him. And they're confident. What I'm, wanting, what I'm getting at is we need to be so aware of the position that we have. Not to be arrogant. You guys know this. This church is never called to be arrogant. This church is called to serve and to love and to be the hands and feet of Jesus. But the way that we do it is by knowing our position. And our position is one of being adopted by his great mercy, not by anything you've done. You did not earn your salvation. You with me, church? You, did, you could never earn this thing. You could never get his love by doing all these good things. He wants to pour his love out on you. He wants to pour his mercy out on you. He wants to pour his grace out on you. Why? Because you're his kid. You're his kid. And I wonder what would happen if we were kingdom conscious of, of what's going on, if we were knew that we were royally set apart, what would happen if we started walking this thing out in this city, in this world, in your workplaces? Would you be afraid of people canceling you? Would you be afraid of people hurting you? Would you be afraid of all those things? Or would you go, no, I know who I am in Jesus. You may tell me who I am, but I'm not listening to that. Some of you need to shut the voices off of people in your lives. Holy Spirit, help me. 
Some of you all have some really ridiculous people whispering in your ears. And you're, you're giving up your position of being a son and daughter by listening to some voices that are telling you a whole bunch of lies. And I'm here today to just encourage you, just encourage you, blessings. And... Shut them up. You know, one of the greatest things I had to do when I got saved, I had to stop listening to voices that weren't speaking life. Why am I talking this way? Because <laughs> I hope you remember this moment more than anything else of this sermon. Stop listening to voices that are telling you you're not a son, you're not a daughter. Get around with people that are telling you. Get to your O groups, get to prayer meeting, get with people and say, yo, yo, I feel like I'm losing some ground here. I feel like I'm, I'm not confident in who I am. I feel like I don't, hey, let me pray over you. Let me encourage you. Let me speak life into you. Let me know and be reminded. Let me remind you of who you are, that you have been born again with a living hope. You're not dead. You are alive in Jesus Christ because of his great mercy. You have salvation now and you have a salvation to come. So now, yeah, it may look hard. It may look dark. It may look weary, but don't look at that. Look to what is ahead and look to who is with you right now. Come on, church. I am preaching this morning that we need to be fully aware. Our position is now one of royalty. It has been paid for. We, we do not hope like the world hopes. Oftentimes when we say we've been born to a living hope, we're, we're saying sometimes hope is attached to uncertainty, right? I hope Rachel gets home tonight. I hope I can get to my job on time. I, I hope, it's, it's uncertainty, right? That is not the word of hope here. The word of hope is certain. That we have been paid for, we have been bought, that no matter what we face, Psalms 42, 5, no matter what we're facing, no matter what hardship's coming our way, no matter what's against us, we know that Jesus Christ is our living hope. He is our Savior. He is our Lord. He is our King. He is in control. He is in charge. He is the one that we look to be, and he is the one that has called us to be a position of a son and daughter. Is this encouraging you? Kingdom conscious people do not forfeit their position. That does not give us rights, though, to act crazy, to act pompous, to act better than. You with me? That gives us the right that our, you know what the best thing about being a son and daughter is? You know what our role is right now? Serve. That's why we, we, we encourage people to serve in the house. That's why we encourage people to set up chairs, not because we need them. Trust me, guys, I'll show up at four if I need to and set up chairs for y'all to sit. But why? Because it breaks the spirit off of us that, that, that is calling us to be a part of the world. As sons and daughters, we just serve people. We serve God. We serve people. We serve God. I, I wonder what would happen if we just did that instead of getting in little arguments, little petty stuff. Can I, can I just say a statement? I'm going to say it. I love you. It's your birthday. Cheers. <laughs> I've never seen anybody get saved from a Facebook post or an Instagram post. I haven't, said, I haven't gotten a message saying, you know what, I just gave my heart to Jesus because of that. You know what I've seen it happen? When sons and daughters start walking this thing out. Okay, you guys all right? Yeah. Worship team, come up in a few minutes. Kingdom conscious people second are aware of his promises. Okay, I'm gonna get the amen button back because this is good. We are aware of his promises. Verse four says this, to an inheritance that is imperishable. You guys need to get this like deep in your spirit. We are a part of an inheritance, an inheritance, an inheritance. Are you with me? Some of you are, are not gonna get an inheritance from your family. It's okay. We have an inheritance from our father in heaven and his inheritance is 20 times, 20,000 times, 200 billion times better than any inheritance that we could get in here. Why? Because it's imperishable. 
It's undefiled and it's, and, it's, and it's unfading, kept in heaven for you. So as you walk this thing out as sons and daughters and you face trials, Peter's saying to them, hey, as you face trials, as you face persecution, as you face hardship, just remember the promises of Jesus. And at the end of all this, if I get to, 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 to the next life, if I face eternity and this is all just, I would rather shoot for this than to shoot for some other things that people are shooting for. You with me? I would rather be like, you know what? I'm holding on to an inheritance that's eternal, undefiled, never going to fade out. I'm holding on to the promises that are for me. God's promises are yes and amen for you guys. Do you understand that? No matter what you're going through. Guys, we are going to face life. Life is a real thing. Life, eh, becoming a Christian doesn't just dismiss all trials and tribulations or, 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 or sickness or disease. Like We're going to face life. We are in a fallen world, but in the midst of being in a fallen world, in the midst of being in life, we can look and be self-aware and conscious of going, God's promises are for me. Church, amen? amen. That it's undefiled, it's imperishable, it's, it's, it's unfailing. He uses this language because in that time, the, the people would come and take their property from the people of God. They would take all of their land. They would take all that they had, and they would take it from them. And there was this level of, of understanding, like, man, I could lose my inheritance in one second by being a follower of Jesus Christ. And Peter's saying, yeah, they may be able to take your land. They may be able to take your cattle. They may be able to take your house, but they're never going to be able to take the fact that Jesus Christ holds you in his hand, and he has paid for you, and he has called you by name, and he has claimed you as a son and daughter, and it's never going to fade. It's never going to end. It's never going to run dry. We don't work for an inheritance, guys. We don't serve and worship Jesus for an inheritance. We serve from it. We worship him from it. If some of you are coming into church, like if I just lift my hands a little higher, if I sing a little louder, sing a little louder, like if I, if I just sing a little louder, I'm going to get the inheritance. You have it when you said yes to Jesus Christ. You don't have to work for it. Do you serve Jesus? Do you give him your life? Don't cheapen grace. Don't cheapen his mercy. You can't still live like you did before because what happens was is your dead life was dead. It it's done. You came brand new. You came out of this thing brand new. And so his promises are, are an inheritance. If Satan can distort your inheritance, he can start to mess with your spirit. I'm looking across the landscape of today, 2020, and I'm looking at believers and, and, and posts and, and people talking, and I'm going, man, Satan is really scheming against inheritance. He's telling people, do this, and you'll get approved by God. Fight for this, and you'll get approved by God. Act this way, and you'll get approved by God. Do these things, and God will approve you. And if you don't do these things, you're, and it's like, no, 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 no. I know what my word says about me and what it says about his church. I don't work to get anything from Jesus. He gave me everything through him. You guys hear me a lot. I haven't said in a while, but if Jesus doesn't do another thing for me, I'm good. Do you have that same posture and heart today? If he doesn't do another miracle for you, will you still give him your life today and forever? I want you to wrestle with that. But we have an inheritance that, that is better than earthly, worldly, anything this, this world could offer. Jeff Bezos, you guys all know that man. Richest man in, in the world. Estimated. <laughs> Can your brother just give the, anyways, 200. Babe, I, I would, I love you, but I don't have this inheritance for us. 200 billion. You, do you guys understand that? I read that, I was shook. 
How many kids he got? <laughs> like, what's, how many, how, what legacy is this going to keep passing down? Forever. The reality is, this is an old preaching, this is an old preacher's thing right here. The reality is, it won't touch what Jesus has given any of you. $200 billion will not touch the love and the grace and the salvation and the mercy and the favor and the blessing and the anointing that Jesus has for you, is wanting to pour out for you, and is waiting for you in heaven right now. So don't give up. Stop falling prey to giving up. Let off the spirit that says give up. Hold on to it because it may not be an earthly inheritance that we are looking for, but we are working towards a kingdom inheritance that we are going to get to the Father in heaven. And one day he's going to say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Come into my house and let me open up my heart for you. But also what's awesome about this too is that God still wants to pour his heart out today. I told you in the beginning, right, that we're not just trying to get to heaven. We're trying to get heaven to earth right now. You with me? You with me? So God's heart is still to pour out blessing and favor and anointing and power and grace and mercy in your homes, in your marriages, in your relationships, in your schools, in your jobs, in your own lives. This is for now, but also for to come, right? You with me? That our inheritance is now and our inheritance is to come. This should awaken you guys. We don't work for it. We work from it. We serve from it. We worship from it. We wake up in the morning and we rejoice and praise because of what Jesus has done. We don't wake up grumpy and mad. I'm grumpy and mad. I've been watching a lot of Inside Out with my son. I'm sadness. Is that, is that what she said? I'm sadness. Oftentimes that's me. I'm sadness. Jesus doesn't love me. I'm like, yo, shake that mess off. He loves me and called me by name. He loves you and called you by name. He knit you together perfectly in your mother's womb. He did not make a mistake. He did not fail you. He has yet to fail you. He continues to see you through. If you think you fail, have, he has failed you, just breathe for a second right now. <gasps> Take it with a mask. Come on. <gasps> Let it out. <sighs> just remember, he has not failed you. Is this okay, church? This is calling us as church, as the church, as believers to go, I do not have an imperishable thing. This thing will never run, go bad. Have you ever eaten bad food? Have you ever had bad milk? Oh, it is nasty. I just had that recently in a smoothie. I dumped that milk in there, didn't know it was expired. Not a good scene, guys. Not a good scene. It will never run out. It's undefiled. It's pure. It's pure. The world is showing us that, that they're trying to show us that we have an inheritance here. And the inheritance of the world is defiled. It is broken. It will kill you. It will steal more from you and it will destroy you. His inheritance is undefiled. It's unfading. That means that the antithesis of fading is blossoming. Whew. I love that line. The antithesis of fading is blossoming. You know that the inheritance of God for your life right now is to blossom and flourish? You, you want to say amen to that? Some of, you, some of you, just for your sake of your house and your family, you need to say amen to that. That, 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 that. He wants you to flourish right now. He wants you to blossom right now. He does not want you to live lives that are dead. He wants you to live lives that are alive. Amen? Okay, last thing, we're almost done. Third thing, kingdom conscious people are aware of the prize. They're aware of the prize. Verses five through nine, who by God's power are being guarded. Just stop right there. I want you to focus on those words. God's power is guarding you. Amen? The power of God is the thing that's guarding you. 
Come on, you can walk out of this moment. You can walk into your cars. You can walk out into the streets. You can walk into your job come tomorrow morning. You can walk into that thing on Tuesday. You can walk into that meeting that you know you're going to have on Wednesday that's going to be really hard and really difficult. But the power of God is the thing that guards you. Not your talents, not your abilities, not your works, not your bank account, not your jobs. Look how fast those things can come and go real quick, right? Not, not, none of that stuff. It is the power of the Holy Spirit that guards you. Come on, thank you, because that should get you up out of your seat and just give Jesus like. Through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials. The prize isn't to avoid trials. If you are avoiding trials in your life that Jesus is trying to use to refine you, you're missing it. He needs to use trials to refine you. So that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes through it, is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And it continues into verse 9 saying, the salvation of your soul. We are aware of our prize that is ahead. Peter is writing to a bunch of people that just heard the good news of Jesus. And now they are tempted to give it up. They are tempted to sell off their inheritance, right? They're tempted to say, I'd rather follow the world than lose my life. And he's going, no, 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 no. There is a prize ahead. There is a prize in Jesus for you. Don't quit. Don't stop. Keep going. The Holy Spirit is among us to power us, to strengthen us, to keep us going and moving ahead. It is by his power that we are guarded for this present salvation now and the salvation to come. What's happening in the minds of believers, I'm going to close with this. I didn't get to everything, but that's why I want you to go read your Bibles. Is we are giving up inheritance because we think the world is going to guard us. We think our jobs are gonna guard us. We think our relationships are gonna guard us. We think so many things are gonna guard us. And I'm a testimony to every single one of those things failing me, letting me down, hurting me, breaking me, destroying, I could use every adjective known in the book to say, man, those things I thought were the prize. I thought if I just grab it, man, you know what we have? I'm gonna just say this, because this is a, we have a discontent spirit among our church. And I say that out of love. But if we can come to the position of being content in Christ, being secure in Christ, being confident in Christ, and knowing what is ahead for us, knowing what he has for us right now, we do not get tossed by the winds. We do not get tossed by the waves. We do not get tossed by the rumors of wars. We do not get tossed by the things in the climate that are happening around. We stand confident. We stand assured. We stand in, in rest. We stand in power. We stand knowing that our king is among us. Our king is in front of us. Our king is behind us. Our king is next to us. Our king is all around us. And we walk this thing out day in and day out going, man, we can do this. Man, Jesus, you are so good. Man, Jesus, you deserve all the honor, all the glory, all the praise, all the everything that I have in me, God. I let it bring you glory, God, because you are the one that is going to say, well done. Not this world. If you're looking for the applause of this world, you will fall by the applause of this world. Why are we preaching this? Because I want you to walk out this thing going, man, I am confident in who Jesus has called me to be. Do I understand it all? No. And that's okay. That's why you have the church. 
But every day I'm gonna wake up going, man, my confidence is in Jesus. Man, teachers, walk this thing out. The students need to see this in you. More than ever, they need to see that you are walking with the light of Jesus Christ. And they're gonna go, man, why are you so confident in the midst of all this? Why are you going through this with such joy? Why are you able to carry this thing out with such assurance? Oh, let me tell you. Parents, your kids need it. Little ones to, to, to older ones, they wanna watch you. They wanna say like, man, how are you able to do this? It's because of the good news of Jesus Christ and the confidence of who he is and the confidence of who he's called me to be. Is this encouraging anybody this morning? So I wanna pray right now. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I just want you to take a moment. I want the Spirit of God to just speak over you right now. For some, he needs reminding that your dead life is dead. The life of the past is done. You can't carry dead things into alive things. Some of you, he wants to remind you your spirit of what's, a, what's to come, the salvation that's to come, the prize that's to come, but also the prize of, of being with him now. For some, you just need to be reminded of the promises of heaven, that they never fail, they do not return void, that they work and they continue to work through every generation. And so, Father, right now, I pray that every single person in this place, that, Father, they would hold on to hope. They would hold on to the living hope. That they would rest in the living hope of who you are. I just pray, Jesus, that they would rest assured that they have been called sons and daughters, that they have an inheritance with you now and to come. That, Father, they do not need to taste this world. They do not need to give into this world. But they need to be a light to this world. And that, Father, you are pleased with them. That you are singing over them. That you are rejoicing over them. And so, Father, I'm going to be sure, and I know we are going to be sure to continue to praise you and thank you and bless you and honor you in every area of our lives, in every season of our lives, in every trial of our lives, in every moment in our lives, God. We are going to be sure to continue to give you blessing. We're going to be sure to continue to give you honor. We're going to be sure to continue to give you the glory and all of the praise because you deserve it all, Jesus. You have saved our lives and you have set us free, God, and we are free indeed. We are no longer bound. We are no longer held down. We are broken off of the chains. We are set free to dance. We are set free to sing. We are set free to, to say no to fear and no to doubt. So today, Jesus, we give you the praise. We give you the glory and we give you the honor. Come on, church. Can we stand to our feet and just sing this as we go today? Come on, let's just worship him just for a second. Come on, let's worship him today.